Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. Who's loving life? Okay, just me and myself and uh, I'm loving life. Life is good and it's great seeing you all in the house this morning for the 10.30 service and uh, some new faces with us. It's great that you've joined us and you're here and uh, I pray that uh, you get connected in some way. Go and uh, catch up with someone after. Uh, someone will shout you a cup of coffee somewhere, sometime when you're around here. Uh, just head out there, we've got the tables or whatever, but just uh, connect in some way. Uh, but who's been loving our topic, uh, Greater Things? Okay, you know, I'm not at the 8.30 service. Uh, you didn't all just get out of bed, I hope. I hope you went for a run this morning. Uh, but, you know, who, who's loving, uh, you know, greater things? Well, well like, honestly, I, I'm liking loving greater things. But the thing that I find is, uh, who hates that concept? Like, I read through the Bible and I go, you know what, greater things. Jesus makes that statement, greater things that you'll do. He says that to his disciples. And you see Peter walking through the streets and people just getting healed by his shadow. I don't know about you, but that hasn't happened to me. Anyone else here? Just and So I, I read the Bible and I go, greater things. Okay, I'm waiting for these greater things. It's going to be awesome. Who, who's the same? Who's just there just saying, God, come on, we just want to see greater things in our day and age. We just want to see the heavens open. We want to see God poured out. You know, I am seeing greater things happen. You know, personally, I hear of testimonies of other people and how they pray for people and they're like, and they're getting people healed and raised from the dead. And I'm like, when's my turn, God? Anyone else got that? Anyone else got an issue with God about that? But sometimes God gives us our own gift sets, our own abilities. But I'll tell you, friend, today, greater things are happening. Greater things are happening through my life and through your life. Greater things are happening through the church right now. Think about, how did the church start? It started with 120 people in an upper room. It didn't start with the majority. 120 people in an upper room. That's how it started. In that moment, they found they had to know their identity, they knew their authority, and then they found their purpose in that upper room. Friends, you realize today, do you realize today that on planet Earth right now, there is estimated around 2.4 billion followers of Christ? It's pretty good. Greater things. 120. And now we've got around 2.4 billion people that believe in Christ or declare that they are Christian in some sort of way. Greater things. Greater things. Our job here is to bring heaven to earth. The greatest miracle that anyone could ever receive is salvation. It's the greatest miracle of all. Think about it. Salvation, it means that people walk into eternity with a loving and heavenly Father. The creator of the universe wants to spend eternity with all humanity and it's our job to bring heaven to earth so that more of earth can go to heaven. Friend, that's our assignment. That's our job. We live in greater days. Greater days. 
And so today, I just want to share for a moment is that if we are to see greater things, and I believe that God has greater things for you as an individual. God has greater things for me. God has greater things for us as a church locally. God has greater things for the church globally. God has called us to do greatest things. God has called us to see heaven come to earth. You know, I'm going to share for a moment, and if you've got your Bibles, turn to Acts 9, verse 3 tonight. And it's the story of Saul. And Saul, if you didn't know, was converted, and he became Paul, and he wrote most of the epistles that we read today. You know, this man who was away from God, and he was following his own path, persecuting the church, had a road to Damascus experience. In other words, God showed up in his life. And when God showed up, it turned his life around. Friend, today you might think that you're not worthy, but you know, with God, you are worthy. Today, with friend, you may think that you have no purpose, but friend, today, with God, you have purpose. And in God, you find your purpose. Here we find Paul on the road to Damascus and it says, As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then, fell on the, then he fell on the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the gourds. So he trembled and astonished. He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? You know, he was between A and B. He was on his journey. He had it planned out. He was caught between law and grace. He was in a moment where God had stopped him dead in his tracks. You know, he had just completed one mission. What he thought was that of a religious order, was that of God's order of disbanding the Christians of the day. And there comes a moment where God's like, hey, listen, why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting my people? And God shows up in this moment. You know, there's these moments where, you know, friend, God has called you to do something, and I don't know about you, where you actually just push against him. I've never been in that moment. Saul or Paul is here in this moment and he thinks he's doing God's work. You know, remember growing up, and most of us growing up, remember that we have a favorite uncle. Anyone got a favorite uncle? You know, and in my family, I'm the favorite uncle. And, and why? Because we love to stir the kids. You know, in that moment, I remember growing up and I always had an uncle and I remember he was in, you know, the army reserves and so he's a bit buff or whatnot. And I remember those moments where he'd be like, come on, fight me, fight me. And, you know, of course, as a, you know, probably a five-year-old, I could take anyone on. <laughs> and you think you could take anyone on, but, but who knows that moment where you go and you go in for the attack and all they have to do is just hold your head. 
I love doing it to my kids. I just see them there and I go, come on, come on. What do you got? Is that all you got? Is that all you got? And they're just going like this. You, who remembers those moments? It's just those moments. And, and this is God. He's having one of those moments with Paul and Paul's punching the air and he's like, are you finished yet? Really? No, no, I can take you. I can take you. Come on. Really? Why are you persecuting me? And here's this moment in this time where he's in this road and God's intercepted his life. You know, and, and, and we find Paul or Saul and his response when he hears the voice is actually remarkable. Is that when we understand it, is that his response is this, it's like, well, who are you, Lord? Like, I find that remarkable when you actually work out who Paul was or Saul. He was a religious leader of the day. He knew all the scriptures. But he had to ask the question, who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? He would have heard about the moment where the donkey talk to its owner where God struck and there was an angel there. He would have known the scriptures. But yet he had the statement, the light, the voice, who are you? Who are you? Sometimes our religiosity keeps us from Jesus. You know, Saul knew all about the scriptures, but he didn't know the voice of God. You know, God has greater things for you and I, friend. But we need to know more than just the scriptures. We actually need to know the voice of God through the scriptures as well. We need to be able to hear the voice of God. We need to know his scripture, know his voice, know his desires. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Today, friend, it's one thing to know his word. It's another thing to hear his word. My first point today is this. If we're going to see greater things, if we're going to see heaven come to earth in people's life, the first thing is this, the key is, is that to doing greater things is found in our identity. It's found in our identity. In him, the Spirit reveals our identity. In him. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all Things have become new. All things have become new. All things have become new. Saul found his identity in the letter of the law. This is him. In this moment, he found it in the letter of the law. It came out of his position, his title, his reputation. You know, friend, today, no different today. No different today when you're in conversation. Isn't it funny, the conversations that you have? So what do you do? In other words, what is your identity? Is it in today's day and age, you know, there's a measure for ourselves on identity, image, status, money, career, association, titles, anything and everything comes through identity. But friend, today as Christians, our identity, yours and mine, is found in Jesus. Yours and mine is found in Jesus. It's, it's not in a position. It's not in a title. It's in Him. 
friend today, I identify with Jesus Christ. As Christians, we identify with Christ. It is no longer I that liveth, it's Christ that liveth in me. There's some old scripture right there with the liver. He lives in me. As Christians, as believers, as followers of the way, we identify with Christ. With Christ. You know, unfortunately, there are a lot of Christians and there are a lot of people right now, they look in the mirror and they don't know who they are. They're still guessing. They're still trying to find, who am I? Friend, today, stop looking in the mirror and start looking in the face of God. You will find your identity, you will find your authority, you will find your purpose in God. We identify, we find all our being in Him, freedom in Him, redemption in Him, wholeness in Him. He washes us with His blood. He accepts us the way that we are, but He says, you know what, I love you the way that you are, but I'm never going to leave you the same. I'm never going to leave you the same. Come and walk with me. Come and talk with me. Come and spend time with me. And let me show you who you truly are. You truly are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. So let's go and walk in victory. Friend, today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you might have found yourself in here. And you don't know how you found yourself. You might have driven past this place and thought, I've got to go there. You might have had a friend invite you today. But friend, today, let me tell you this. This is not by happenstance. This is by divine appointment because there's going to be times in your life where God is going to set you up because he wants to speak with you, he wants to be with you, and he wants to have a relationship with you. And friend, today, if you're lost and you're hurting, this is the moment right now where he wants to come and move in. Today, friend, where's your relationship with? For the rest of us as Christians, who do we identify with? Do we identify with our last status? Our last post? Or do we identify with Christ himself? In whom? In him is whom we were created and intended to be. The one who created you holds the key to your identity. He holds the key to your identity. The second thing is this, in our identity, we can walk with authority. We can walk with authority. In him, the spirit reveals our authority. If we are to have authority in Christ, we need to have the same response as Saul. Who are you, Lord? Notice that statement, who are you, Lord? It wasn't, who are you? It wasn't, oh, there's a light. It was, who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? I know right now I'm blind. I've been knocked off my donkey. I hear a voice. This scenario right here, whoever is doing this to me has authority. Who are you, Lord? You know, Paul's admitting... Whoever is speaking right now has authority and I'm not going to mess with them. Have you ever tried messing with God? Come on. 
Come on, anyone tried messing with God? You know that moment where God says, hey, listen, I would love you to do that, and you're just like, yeah, no, Hazel can do it. Anyone ever like that? It's like God is speaking to you audibly. It's like husband and wife. It's like, you know, God's speaking to you, and you're like, no, just give it to my wife. Anyone else like that? No. Wow. Doesn't God speak to you at all? But you've got those moments where God, and it's like, God, who am I? It reminds me of Jonah. And Jonah is called to go to Nineveh. In the Old Testament, he's like, God speaks to him, say, hey, go, I want you to tell my people, you know, to repent, and I want to tell these people to repent, you know, they've offended, like all this whole thing. And he's like, he gets in a boat and goes the other way. How many of us are like that? God speaks, and then all of a sudden, you're sailing the other way. You know, God has shown up. He says, hello. You're just like, who, me? You know, our response should be, yes, Lord. How much easier would our life be if we actually just said, yes, Lord? Some of you right now are struggling in situations. You're struggling in a circumstance, and, and God's given you a word But all of a sudden what you're doing is you've got your perspective and and what you think and how you think it should happen and, and and you're in this struggle. Friend, today all I want to say is just say, yes, Lord. Yeah, but Sam, you don't know what this could do. You don't know how this could end. But, but, you know, Saul didn't know how this could end. He was blind. He was told to go to a place. He was going to go and seek a guy and a guy would come and pray for him and and then his eyes would be open. There was a moment of trust. He didn't know what was going to take place. He didn't know what was going to happen after that moment, but he had to trust this authority. In that moment of saying, yes, Lord, he could step into that authority. Friend, today we don't need to know everything. We just need to trust. And in trusting God, we find our identity in Him and we find and can walk in authority. It's the mystery. (laughs) The mystery. When someone has authority, you don't want to mess with them. It's like driving down the gateway. You know, those moments where, you know, good Christians never speed. We know that. Why are you laughing? Okay, the only thing Christians do wrong is speed. Let's face it. For all you on the internet right now and webcasting. But those moments. But who remembers those moments where all of a sudden, you know, everyone's speeding past you because you're a good Christian, you're doing 80Ks in 110 zone. You're not a good Christian if you do that, let me tell you that. Anyway, but everyone's going and, and you see the red lights. And you know what's up ahead because there's blue lights. Or that moment where you're driving and then all of a sudden you look in your rear vision mirror and there's blue lights. All the kids in the back seat, they're all turning around without their seatbelts on going, hey, Dad, look at those blue lights. Anyone else been in that situation? Just Carolina, I know. (laughs) But these are the moments. But why do you stop? Why do you pull over? Do you speed up? Do you keep going? No, you pull over. Why? Because you know that person has authority. But they've been given authority. 
the same too with us as when we identify with Christ. When we come into a relationship with Christ, we receive the authority of heaven on our side. We walk with the authority of heaven because we're walking in God's will. Friend, today, when we identify with Christ, we walk with power. We walk with authority. We can walk with confidence. Today, friend, do you walk in authority? In order to live in authority, we need to come under authority. And unfortunately, sometime in a, the curse of democracy is that we never truly respect authority. Because sometimes it's like we've all got to have an opinion. But sometimes in the kingdom of heaven, when it comes to God, we've just got to go, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, here I am. Here I am. <laughs> Authority means this. Authority in Christ means this. It means you're placing your confidence for life and eternity in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Today, friend, do you place, do you place the lordship of your life in his care? In his care. The third thing is this, is that in, in our identity, when we find our identity, when we step into him, when we step into our authority, we find purpose. We find purpose. Colossians 1, 16, for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. Finds its purpose in him. You know, many people have used the phrase that they've found their road to Damascus experience. In other words, it's a moment in time that defines their life moment in time that is a light bulb moment but friend today it's more than that a road to Damascus experience was a time where God showed up and transformed a heathen transformed a guy that was persecuting the church that was killing Christians that was sending them off it was a time that God showed up and brought transformation Friend, I don't know everyone's background. I don't know where you've come from. But friend, no matter how bad, no matter where you've come from, if God could use Saul to later become Paul, he could use you. He could use me. Greater things are yet to come. Greater things, friend, are yet to happen. It's a time where you find revelation and out of that revelation comes purpose. God has always, and he's always had the plan to bring you out of and into, to bring us out of sin and into righteousness, to bring us out of death and into life, to bring us out of darkness and into his life. Friend, today, he wants to bring you out of something to something greater. Acts 26 verse 16 
Saul in this single experience finds purpose. It says here, but rise and stand on your feet. The voice says, rise and stand on your feet. For I have appeared to you for this purpose. To make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen and the things which I will yet reveal to you. Rise and stand to your feet. Rise and stand to your feet. God has something in the wind. Rise and stand to your feet. Why? Because God wants to use you and I. He wants to use the church. He, he wants to use individuals. The only limitation that God ever puts upon himself is you and I. Have you noticed that? He uses you and I, the church, individuals to bring heaven to earth. Friend, today he's saying, hey, will you rise to your feet? Read that scripture again right now. If we put that up there, please. And what I want you to do is put your name at the start. And read it to yourself. Mark, rise to your feet. Vic, rise to your feet. How much more powerful is it when God's speaking to you? There are moments in your life where God has spoken to you and He's asked you to do something personally. Whether it's witness to the person next to you, whether it's put a care package for someone in your street, whether it's to join the music team, whatever that is, God at some point in some time in your life will speak to you, but what is going to be your response? Yes, Lord. A greater purpose. Friend, God has a greater purpose waiting for you. Waiting for you. In Matthew 28, 18 to 20, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And as Christians, we know this. We hear this scripture all the time. But sometimes I think God needs to be a little bit more blunt with us, like he was with Paul. Rise and stand. But Jesus says this, he says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Today, friend, we're called to make disciples. We're called to bring heaven to earth. We're called to share the gospel. We're, we're called to heal the sick. We're called to go out and believe we're called as a church, as individuals, as followers of Christ. In Him, the Spirit reveals our identity, it reveals our authority, and it reveals our purpose. Your life isn't happenstance. God has given you a gift set. He's given you a, an ability He's given you a sphere of influence. 
but it's what we do with it. And it's how we see ourselves. How we see ourselves. Thank you for listening. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We encourage you to tell someone about your decision and pray and read the Bible every day. We also recommend attending a church in your local area. We have many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We are so excited to see you there.